we're in a great theme right now, uh, everyday life healthy habits. And um, prayer is our theme of focus today. And really that is the optimal healthy habit, a lifestyle of prayer. Prayer clears our spirit. It prepares the environment of our internal self so the Spirit of God can make home on the inside of us. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are carriers of His Spirit and His presence. Prayer creates an environment of clarity. If I'm honest, this is one of my primary reasons for choosing to pray. I love the clarity effect. I need clarity in my life where there's complexity, where there's multifacets, different responsibilities. Who knows? We need clarity in the the fog and the distortion of this world. We need clarity on the inside of us to look and not be affected or waylaid or, or disturbed, but to find a sharpness and a clarity. And it comes in prayer. Our purpose comes alive in clarity. That's why we need clarity in the first place, because then we see where we're going. We know what we're about. We're people on course and on purpose. You know, life is full of seasonal transitions and prayer brings clarity in the midst of transition. Now, I promise you I won't go into the depths of birthing analogies right now, but there is a moment in birth right before that baby comes, which is called transition. And it's the moment where the woman is likely to lose her mind and start screaming at her husband and why did you do this to me and how did I get in this predicament? It's this crazy little moment right before that baby arrives. And the reality is in life, it's in times of transition that we can lose our anchor, we can lose our mind a little bit and it's in those moments of transition we need to be found in prayer because there the clarity comes and we we recalibrate and we move forward. Transition happens all the time in life. Life is full of seasonal changes and transitions and prayer is what illuminates the path in the midst of those times. Don't be lost, my friends. Don't be dismayed. Rather, recalibrate in prayer. Switch the light on and rediscover your true north and redirect in those moments. Amen. Come on, let's thank Jesus in this place today. He's in our midst. He's got us covered. He's with us. Prayer is one of the great gateways into the presence of God. And if I have one key life healthy habit, it's that His presence is my go-to. And I want to talk about that primarily here this morning. Psalm 84.5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose hearts are the highways to Zion. Now we are earthen vessels and our strength comes from but one source. The reality is we can try and find strength and rest in a number of different avenues, but there is only one real source that will pour strength into our weary bones and get us back up on our feet and recharge our soul and keep us nimble and smooth and moving forward in life. There is only one source for strength, and that is God, and that is in His presence, and it is in His Word. If we eat the Word for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we'll find this strength permeates our spirit and keeps us mobile and surging forward and advancing. You know, when His presence is our go-to, we will always be rewarded. The scripture says, blessed is the man. 
Blessed is the man who goes to the Lord. We will always be rewarded as we make room for him and take a hold of him. You will never walk away dissatisfied as you enter the gateway of prayer and the scriptures and take a hold of his presence. And this is the outcome. It goes on to say, in whose hearts are the highways? You know, the highways to Zion are branded in our hearts as we go to the one who gives us strength. Strategy, outcomes, the way is placed, it's branded in our heart as we go to the one who gives us strength. You know, many times we waste hours on the phone talking with this one, processing with that one, when if we went to the one who gives us strength, as we lean into him, he will place his highway, his way, his roadmap, his blueprint on our heart. And you know, it, it, it sounds different. It feels different. Revelation, heavenly insight is not like human insight and understanding. You know, sometimes when you're seeking counsel, you go to this one, you go to that one, maybe there's a thread. And of course, there's a place for wise earthly counsel. But I'm just saying there are heavenly blueprints available for us, which he will emboss on our hearts as we go to him in prayer. And nothing can contest what comes from him. It's sharper, it's clearer, and it will mobilize us to live our best life. If you agree with that this morning, why don't you thank God in this place? You know, our purpose is made clear in his presence. And we need to be found in his presence. And not just us, but we need to teach our children also to get clarity about who they are and what their future is in his presence. And uh, recently my son has had a series of interesting dreams. And he's quite a, um, a deep thinker. Jesse, he's eight, going on 38. <laughs> and he had this series of dreams. Um, but he's not satisfied just to have the dream, just to talk through the dream. He wants the interpretation of the dream. And so I'm just going to play uh, a little conversation that my son had with a friend, a prophet friend, who's a great interpreter of dreams, who happens to be in the States right now. And so he WhatsApped her and left a message. I'm wondering if you, like, if God sent to me trying to tell me something. And this is how it started. I woke up in my bed like usual. Clea was in the other bed. Um, yeah, it, her bed was well made. And then I quickly got dressed into a suit because I was going to a wedding for some reason. Yeah, when I got there, when I finished that, the building is made out of mostly glass and a bit of concrete. And then when I walked out, there was this woman coming out the other door. She had blonde hair, blue eyes, red dress, and high heels. And I felt very, felt very connected to her. So, and then God put his hand down to her and spoke to hold on to me. So we both to walk on. And then he took us over on our house, past the back um, yard, gate, and behind there. Okay, he goes on. He's incredibly detailed in remembering the dream. But I just feel like if a child knows to go to the prophet, if the child knows to go to the presence, Sometimes maybe we need to be a little bit like the child and acknowledge what God is saying through the scriptures, through the dreams. So he, he, he chats with my friend and I'll give you a little bit of the interpretation just to entertain you. Thanks for sharing your dream with me. And the main, um, the main 
so you're going to be awake. So you woke up, and so God is telling you something that's going to happen in reality. Cleo's bed was made, uh, which that symbol, the Holy Spirit showed me that it's in the present, but it's also telling you about the future. So Cleo's bed being there is that it's in the present, but it being made means that it also can be something in the future. Uh, You quickly dressed in a suit because you were going to a wedding, uh, and God is showing you um, who you are. So that is the dressing of you being dressed in a suit is God showing you who you are, your calling, and that he's actually quickly dressing you in your calling, even now as a boy, the calling that you're going to be walking in as a man. Um, and you were getting dressed because you were going to a wedding and you didn't know why, but the wedding is actually just a representation of the kingdom of God, the church. So God is showing you that he is dressing you for your calling in God's kingdom, even now as a, as a boy. Um, and when you arrived, um, at the building, it was a glass building with, with concrete and a woman walked out of the door with blonde hair, blue eyes, red dress, heels, you said, um, as soon as you said the woman, the Holy Spirit told me that she was wisdom. So the woman in the dream represents wisdom. And it goes on. And it goes on. If a boy is seeking out God's wisdom, shouldn't we too do the same? Shouldn't we give ourselves permission? Give ourselves permission to be like a child, to get the interpretation, to seek it out. Now it goes on to say in Psalm 71, 6, Upon you have I leaned and relied from birth. See, God is leaning in on our lives, even from our infancy. Even before we're born, God is leaning in on our lives. He's leaning in on my son's life and he's telling him that he will be accompanied by wisdom. And he's leaning in on our lives. What did God tell you when you were a child? What did he tell you that life then uh, whipped away or tried to undermine? What does God be speaking over your life? And it goes on to say in the scripture, you are he. He took me from my mother's womb and you have been my benefactor from that day. My praise is continually of you. See, if we see God as our sole benefactor and provider, then we'll be much more likely in prayer to enter his presence and to go to him and make him the primary stakeholder of our life. If we're looking to our benefactor to be our husband or our wife, or our boss, or our leader, or our circumstances, we're much more less likely to go to God as our benefactor. Let me tell you, these people are important in our life, but our sole benefactor is, as the scripture says, it is the great I am. God provides and God promotes. Even though he works through earthly vessels, it is him working on our behalf. From pre-birth, his presence is with each one of us. Whether we're birthed in an environment of turmoil or whether we're birthed in an environment of privilege, his presence is with us in those moments. He goes with us every step of the way. His presence has no confines. It enters into places where even man can't go. His presence will go and safeguard and accompany us. Now, Isaiah had this vision. 
and it's really of the angels calling to one another, confirming with one another. And it says in Isaiah 6, 3, and one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. From the heavens, this has been declared over our earth that His glory is present and permeating every suburb, every household, every marriage, every situation. His presence is over the earth. It's covering the earth. It's declared over the earth. And friends, a heavenly perspective is absolutely vital in these days and times in the earth for clarity, for courage and for peace in these times. You need to know that his presence is covering you and your household. It's covering the earth. You know, like Isaiah, we need to know that we have access to the throne room. Isaiah was swept up and he witnessed a scene. He had access to the throne room. And friends, I want you to know every single one of you here today, you have access to the throne room. All authority, grace, wisdom, truth and power flow from the meeting place. And today, if we haven't visited that place for a while, we're going to break through and access that place. In his presence here today, we're going to remember what it feels like to have access to the throne room here today. As we go to the throne room, we take authority on earth. We take authority over our circumstances. This is a meeting place with God, a place of prayer, a place of communion. You know, Isaiah, uh, Psalm 45.6 says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. His throne is not a switch on, switch off situation. It's not a seasonal situation. His throne and his authority remains forever and ever and ever and ever. His throne and the authority that comes from beseeching him who sits on the throne is available for you whatever season you find yourself in. I just want to shift familiarity here today and remind us of the power and the clarity and the provision that we have access for at the throne. See, I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine recently, Pastor Kathy Green, who pastors C3 Ride, our cousin church over at Ride. And she just asked me in conversation, uh, what kind of communication is your church doing uh, with the, the plebiscite coming up? What, what communication are you sharing around your church? And she said, uh, because the Lord has asked me to pray one hour every day up until that time, and we're 60 days out. So that's 60 hours of prayer. So he gave her a heavenly assignment. See, Kathy Green is a woman who has access to the throne room and he gave her a prayer assignment because prayer is the thing that covers, that shifts, that makes a way like nothing else. Now, I'm not interested in fanning a debate here this morning. No, I'm just saying that prayer gains the higher perspective. Prayer is the place of power. And what's interesting for me with this debate is that the byproduct of this debate, if you put it aside, is 
vision, which makes me wonder if the enemy is not just working to illuminate a certain situation, but actually just to cause division. I actually feel like division is the higher plan on his agenda. And we need to be careful, friends, that we don't get swept up in the spirit of the world, but rather go to a higher place in prayer, get clarity, lift up the saints, lift up the name of Jesus in the world. We won't be swept under division. We will not be caught in that plan. Maria Gerso says that the same way we need people to march, we need people to kneel. Let's be found kneeling in these times. You know, friends, we're earthbound. We're preoccupied with Instagram, going for a run, cooking a meal. You know, a whole range of different earthbound issues. Meanwhile, he sits on the throne. The sky is not the limit, my friends. The heavens are. The buck stops at the throne. And this is why we gather together here today. This is why we get out from under the ceiling of our home, even the atmosphere of our home. And we come into the corporate atmosphere of the church because it shifts our thinking. If Sunday church should have any effect on us, it should be that it causes us to come up in our thinking. Because as we enter the power and the presence of the corporate gathering, it should shift our day-to-day thinking. It should sharpen, it should illuminate, and we should walk out feeling clearer and surer and more confident and sharper and more assertive and more sure-footed because that is the effect of coming into the atmosphere of the house of God. We should be revived in our thinking. Amen? Okay, Revelations 5.1 says this, After this I looked, and behold a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard addressing me like the calling of a war trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place in the future. At once I came under the Holy Spirit's power and behold a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. Throne room moments have a way of getting the kinks out, realigning our priorities, disarming distraction. You know, the anointing breaks the yoke. And when you enter the throne room, whether it's at the kitchen sink or in the car or wherever, when you enter that place of being with him, there are these moments where the anointing hits you and it breaks, it shifts the thing that has slowed you down or like the cogs of your wheels have gotten clunky and and they need fresh oil on them to turn and spin. And as that anointing hits you, it gets the wheels turning, the wheels and clarity comes and flow comes and creative thinking comes. As the anointing hits you, it breaks the yoke, the dysfunction falls away. It can't hold on, it can't get a grip. Higher thinking is illuminated. The power of God moves through you like a steam train and it fuels your soul. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Let me tell you, friends, our purpose is always made clear in His presence. If you feel there's a dullness around your purpose and your existence, let me tell you, freshness will come as we get under the anointing here today. And I believe clarity is going to be the great fruit of today's gathering. Clarity is going to come for many in this place today. Psalm 73, 16 says this, but when I considered how to understand this, 
it was too great an effort for me and too painful until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood where there are things in your world which in your humanity you just don't have the resources to connect, to understand, to put together. Let me tell you, some things are only meant to be found in his presence. Some things are only meant to be understood under the anointing because otherwise we would function in our humanity. We would function in our own strength. But his desire is that we would commune with him and then all the wonders, all the mysteries, all the resources are released under the anointing. The message version says, until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I saw the whole picture. And I believe in this place right now, God wants to color in some lines, fill out some blank spaces in your picture, in your understanding. And He's not a timid God. He doesn't mind if you're dissatisfied, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you feel bewildered and let down. He would rather you let all the pieces fall and you pour your heart out before Him because it's when the defenses are down, my friends, that the anointing can get in. It's when we drop our weapons, drop our accusations and let the pieces fall that the anointing gets in. So why don't you just stand right across this room? need to contend for some circumstances here today. The terrible thing about familiarity is it makes us grow content with what we have. But the great I am is not interested in us living a half-baked existence, walking with a limp, not sleeping through the night. He wants to break the yoke. He wants to release the fullness of His glory, the fullness of His purpose. And so I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that right across this room, clarity would be restored in this place as hearts begin to open, as people begin to reach out, lift up their need, their world, their circumstance, their ache before You. You know, some prayers are words that just sounds, they're just the sound of a soul that needs a breakthrough. Some prayers aren't words. Oh no, they're not polite. They're not articulated. They're not PC. They're a prayer from the belly that says, Oh God, oh God, oh God. We're not meant to live bound up. We're not meant to live under a ceiling begging for bread. He has more for us. So right now across this room, I give you permission to ask for what you've never asked for before, to go to the throne room of grace, to go to the throne room of authority and take a hold, take a hold, pull down, beseech, require more. 
our hearts open. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you speak pictures, strategies. The highways have been embossed in our hearts right now. Holy Spirit. 